5: We have a major epidemic of RSV, maybe peaking right now. We're going to enter into a major epidemic of flu. And we haven't been taking the actions that we would normally be taking to try to mitigate these kinds of pandemics. Because I think a lot of public health officials, I think a lot of school districts are a little bit gun shy right now, given the backlash to what we did during the pandemic. That's
6: interesting. So that's Scott Gottlieb. Uh, He was one of our favorite go to doctor type guys. During the whole pandemic thing, but he seems to think we need to be doing, what, shutdowns? What is what is he wanting to do that he thinks people are hesitant to do? Well, let's hear more from him in the next clip.
5: Closing a school for one incubation cycle for two or three days when you had a major outbreak of flu or RSV in the past was no. not that uncommon. No. Uh, if you had 40 percent, 50 percent. What? Well, keep playing it. I'm disagreeing. What does in Indiana? It's national news. Um, We know hand hygiene, for example, is very effective at stopping flu transmission. Do you hear any school district talking about hand hygiene right now? We know wearing a mask, if you have the flu or RSV when you go out, is effective at preventing forward transmission. Nobody wants to say that. So I think that there's a lot of reluctance now, in part because of the failures of public health messaging during the pandemic and the things we got wrong and the backlash to it. So we don't have a good solution for what we're entering right now.
6: Uh, So we ought to take those one by one. I'm a hard no on shutting down the schools again.
4: Two, three days in the midst of a major cycle, Jack. Oh, it would Easy never peasy. it would
6: never end. It would never end. So you're gonna shut it down for a classroom get six people get sick, shut down the whole school? Because it wouldn't make any sense you just shut down that grade or whatever, right? So I don't then think the, so. So the So the so you're you're you got three fourth grade classes, one of them has six six sick the sixth Sheik's sixth sheep is sick. So you shut down the the whole barnyard. And then when the eighth grade class gets a couple of you shut it down, you'd never get to go to school. It sounds completely unworkable to me. Well, see, I don't know. I would have to ask uh,
4: Scott, uh, the, the good man. Well, now, wait a minute. Wouldn't this cycle repeat itself over and over again? And if he said, oh, no, no, no. The flu comes to visit briefly, then moves on down the road. Then maybe, maybe, maybe. But I don't ever remember shutting down school for two three
6: days because of the flu except in extreme cases and that makes national news i've never heard of it in my life i don't think now how about the washing hands that seems like a good idea i'm surprised that's not a i, I don't have any problem with you reminding kids to wash their hands because the flu's going around on a regular basis how about masks bringing that back yeah it is right no masks probably i haven't looked into this but masks probably make way more sense with some of the stuff that's going around now than it ever did with the COVID for kids Mm -hmm. anyway.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Could be, or at least they ought to address that specifically, but addressing things specifically and in a measured way went out with the, uh, you know, the Ford Pinto, you just uh, the whole COVID thing. The story of COVID was well. If we admit that uh, cloth masks aren't effect, effective, people will assume no masks are effective, and they won't wear them. So we'll just keep that to ourselves. I mean, just I'm so exhausted by it.
6: Sorry, I'm. Why am I pressing that button? I pressed the button to talk in Michael's ear. I, I'm trying to talk to you, the good listener at home. I assume you're sitting around one of those big wooden radios. I'm thinking fireside chat times. Well,
4: unless you and Michael are contemplating uh, reclining naked on a bearskin rug later tonight, you just talk to him on the air. It'll be fine.
6: Yeah, well, I just I want to make sure we got these clips all right. So here's another uh, question to Scott Gottlieb about the amnesty. You know, that was proposed last week.
4: Yeah, big article in The Atlantic talking about, hey, mistakes were made uh, on the left and the right. Let's all forgive each other.
7: What do you make of of Emily's premise here that there needs to be amnesty.
5: Well, look. I think we need to distinguish and she was at the vanguard, to your point, at arguing for schools to open. A lot of kids got back in the classroom because of her efforts. So she's, she's advocating on behalf of others when she talks about amnesty. Um, I think we need to distinguish between um, structural failures of institutions and mistakes that were made because we were in the fog of viral war and we didn't understand the, the, the virus itself. There were institutions that failed, uh, CDC, uh, there were a lot of systemic failures there. Even people talk about the teachers union not working to get people back in the classroom. And then there were things we got wrong. We didn't recognize the virus was airborne. We thought it was droplet transmission. So we advocated the use of cloth masks when they weren't effective. So there were things we did wrong because we didn't understand the virus. We need to learn from that. But I think the, the structural features that we got wrong where institutions failed, that we can't move on from because we need to reform those institutions.
6: Yeah, and that that whole fog of the war of viral infection, yeah, in the first couple of months. But how about when we were two years in and some schools were still closed? Yes. That's not the fog of viral. There's no way you can argue that was a science thing. That was a political thing. Well, and what's
4: interesting about it was because of the politics of it, everybody ignored the science completely. You could not convince a Trump hater that it was time to open the schools. They became utterly blind to if Scott Gottlieb, for instance, had figured out all the science and was communicating it loud and clear. And there were times when he was, it would have done you no good. So he's right. There were fog of war things, but the politics so trumped that question if people understood the science or not, they would still go with the politics of it. So that's what makes it difficult to untangle.
6: I can't stop thinking about the other stuff. about. So we've got a pandemic of flu or that RSV going around making kids sick. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like clear my mind of any preconceived tendencies on this. It's a disease that makes you real sick. Even if you're not going to die, I don't want to get it. Even even if there's no chance of death. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be sick for a week. I don't want my kids to be sick for a week. If that could be avoided by, hey, let's wear masks for a week. Why wouldn't we do it? Because it, it's because of the, it's tough to get rid of the lingering emotions of the pandemic. When you think about this, it really is. Well, that's
4: why as a parent or a friend or a, a spouse or whatever, you don't go way over the top and And exaggerate and screech and take more control than you should have, you burn people out. It's overreach in short, there are penalties for overreach. People don't listen to you anymore.
6: well, what do you think if you still had kids in school you'd be uh, you'd be okay for the uh, bring back masks? I don't think you could get me on board with shutdowns. It would take some extreme guy on a chalkboard with numbers to convince me we're going to shut down the school again
4: well. The answer to that is maybe depending on what I read, uh, what I learned about the situation, although, uh, you know, slight change of topic, we still ought to have improved ventilation systems. We handed out hundreds of billions of dollars that allegedly was going to the schools. And, and much of it was either not used or it was misused. Where are those wonderful state-of-the-art ventilation systems? If you have ventilation like in an industrial kitchen or something like that, I could try as hard as I want to give the kid uh, two desks away the flu.
6: I couldn't. Yeah, I just, I just feel like you start shutting down the school, and, and that becomes a, a lever you can pull easily as whoever makes that decision. And, man, it's going to happen a lot.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm very hesitant, as you pointed out. I just were worn out. We're a little pissed off and a little wary.
6: Yeah, everybody's kids already a year or two behind and everything, and now you're going to start. Well, and you kept the schools closed for a year and a
4: half unnecessarily in a lot of places. So now you're telling me, yeah, we're just going to close it for a couple of days and trust us, This is this is legit. Yeah. They sold their credibility down the line.
6: Yep, that's interesting stuff. Um, we'll if if you live somewhere where they are bringing back masks for not COVID but for this, or even talking shutting down the schools, I'd like to hear from you. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC four one five two nine five KFTC.
4: Hey, I haven't heard that Emily Oster clip. Have you had heard that sixty three, the gal behind that whole amnesty thing? I'd like to hear it.
7: I think that the focus needs to be on what we need to do to move forward for solutions. And, you know, and to give you a concrete example, when we look at something like test scores, which many parents are very worried about, we see that over the last school year, there's been some test score recovery, but that's uneven. Some school districts have recovered to where they were in 2019. Some school districts haven't recovered at all. At this point, if we want to speak to these concerns of parents, We need to think about what are the investments we're making to figure out why have some school districts been successful? What did they do that was successful? How can we port those lessons over to districts that haven't been successful? This kind of solutions-based focus has to be where we go rather than rehashing the discussions we had two years ago. That's how we're going to find solutions and get kids back on track because it's frankly exactly as you say. Kids are really suffering and we're losing time on getting them back.
4: You know, uh, I wish Emily Oster was in the studio right now, because here's what I would ask her or, or say to her. I'd say, you know, you're right as far as your statement went, but the very people who perpetrated the. I almost said unforgivable. Her point is we have to forgive and move on. The people who perpetrated these utterly idiotic and unnecessary abuses of children are the very ones you're telling us now are going to figure out what the successful districts are doing and implement that in their districts. That's never going to happen for the same reasons that they were so terrible during the pandemic, because they're politicized, they're self-serving, they're dishonest. No, I don't mean to be a nihilist about this. I just don't have any faith in those people. Randy Weingarten is going to step out, step up, and be uh, the you know the head gal from the big teachers union. She's going to say, "Well, let's let's be honest about what the successful uh, school districts are doing and import that to the unsuccessful ones." Please, that's not what she does.
6: So we think we know why South Korea has been firing those missiles. South Korea or North? North Korea. The scary one. North Korea. We know why North Korea has been firing those missiles, we think. Uh, Kiev is preparing for a winter with no heat because there's a chance that that might happen. When their winters are wintry. There's an election tomorrow. I don't know if you've heard that story. We can tell you some of the latest overall feelings of Americans around that. It ain't good. We're fairly pessimistic. I'll tell you that. Among other things on the way. Stay with us. Hey, sorry about that. I was calling for uh, clips from Friday's sheet. Sorry about that, Michael. Those mm. are excellent clips for uh... for today also. But uh, There's going to be a clip of Jen Griffin with Fox News talking about all the missiles that North Korea has been firing off for some reason. Yeah, play one of them. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Alerts warning people to shelter-in-place halted train services across Japan as North Korea launched an intercontinental ballistic missile 1,200 miles into the air.
6: The continuous launch of ballistic missiles is outrageous and absolutely intolerable.
1: South Korean officials say the missile failed during the second stage separation phase during normal flight. The test came as Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin hosted his South Korean counterpart at the Pentagon.
3: Our
0: alliance is ironclad.
6: So I feel like if we didn't have the election going on and the war in Ukraine, this would be like one of the biggest stories going on in America right now in the world. But it's getting so little attention. Freaking North Korea tested an ICBM. Shooting it over Japan. Japan, they're, they have sirens going on constantly. Same in South Korea, where they're all running into... Uh, uh, um, bunkers in that with air raid sirens going off and the rest of the world's kind of not paying any attention whatsoever and north korea said the reason they've fired off jeez how many is it it's a crazy number of missiles the reason they fired off all their missiles is they're practicing to strike south korea oh well okay they just flat out <laughs> announced yeah yeah we're practicing to strike south korea and the u.s military base now i realize he says stuff like this all the time but if a crazy person with a gun says i'm going to shoot you you got to at least pay some attention to it yeah i
4: suppose i I just don't know that he's crazy i think he's rational he understands he's running a hermit kingdom he's got to constantly cook up uh an outside threat to justify his rule keep his uh keep his populace subjugated and loyal I just think it's the the same old, same old, more or less. Now, pumping out dozens and dozens of missiles into the ocean seems like, A, a waste of money, and B, a little bit of overkill. But, yeah, I guess my reaction to it is, oh, there goes Kim Jong-un again.
6: So that's North Korea back over in Ukraine. The mayor of Kiev is warning residents that they need to prepare for... For the worst this winter, if Russia keeps striking their energy infrastructure, which keeps turning off the electricity in various parts of the country, including the capital, they need to be prepared for a winter without hot water and heat because there's a decent chance it could happen.
4: Yikes, no hot water.
6: No hot water. If no you've heating. ever had
4: no hot water in the winter and you've really needed to take a shower. <laughs> and I have that's uh oh, it'll bring a strong man to
6: his knees. I will have to ask my dad about that. He grew up without uh, electricity or plumbing. What, what what did you do? To cleanse yourself? You
4: heated uh, heated a pot of water over the wood stove then I suppose uh, you know, wash out your crawl. Get your crawl scrubbed up. Got to. Wow. And some lye soap, probably. and Oof, tough on your craw. Of course, uh, craws were tougher in those days. Oh, yeah.
6: My craw? It's like Please. soft.
4: Please. Yeah. No way your craw could take on the Nazis.
6: Nope. Could not huh? have a weak <laughs> craw. <laughs> um, closer to home, our border, the Border Patrol, say there were at least 64,000 known or recorded gotaways at the border in October. 64,000. Yeah, Hmm. so that's the first month of fiscal 2023. That's an average of two, this is easy math, but that's more than 2,000 people every day successfully slipping past the Border Patrol without capture. Every day, over 2,000 people got past the Border Patrol without being captured.
4: 2,000 a day. Bill Malugian of Fox News tweeted out several videos over the weekend of huge groups, 200, 300, 400 people just coming across en masse. I mean, we have a border line, but we don't have a border per se. 300 people just stroll in and say, hey, what's up? Sometimes they run off into the wilderness and are got away. Sometimes they say, yeah, we're from Venezuela. It's an awful communist regime. We want asylum. We say, okay, fill out these forms. That one taught the eye. There, if you could initial right here and here and here, great. Now show up for a hearing sometime in two years.
6: Remember when the vice president got away with saying the border is secure? Well, we barely have a border at all. Yeah, yeah, and gets doesn't get much news coverage either. And by the way, there's an election tomorrow. The dispatch out with a little explainer that. If things look close, don't stay up, because we're not going to know for days, maybe weeks. So don't think it's worth staying up till midnight to see who controls the Senate. If it's close, you aren't going to know. Wow. Mm -hmm. So go ahead probably be close. Yeah. You go to bed, you wake up the next day, you turn on the Armstrong and Getty show, where if you miss an hour, you can get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
7: I think with all of the noise that we've got in this election season, um, I don't think people um, are able to really grasp that. But more importantly, I'm not sure they really understand the threats to their way of life.
6: If historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say, what was at stake tonight and this week? Was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. Historians are not going to be writing books about the midterms in 2022. (laughs) But what about the child
4: executions he's talking about?
6: (laughs) I just that what it doesn't he sound like he means that, though. It doesn't yeah, sound well, like yeah. a, it sounds sincere to me. Yeah, I think when politicians get up and say this is the most important election of your life, especially the older ones, they've said that every election. So they've got to understand their own B.S. at that point. But I mean, <laughs> children are going to be executed if this election doesn't go the right direction. OK, well, why don't we start there with
4: our uh, good friend, political uh, analyst Gary Dietrich, who's long been uh, part of the Armstrong and Getty show. Uh, Gary, welcome. How are you? Hey,
8: proud to be part of the long legacy of a people.
4: Yeah. Uh, so, Gary, let's start with the incredibly overheated rhetoric. Have you ever seen anything like it?
8: I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, I've been talking with people about this for months as this has been building. And, and the numbers sort of prove the overheated rhetoric. What do I mean by that, uh, Joe? It's that the people who are saying, I'm definitely going to vote, you know i'm really paying attention to this election. Those numbers are off the charts they're like at seventy percent. in fact, I just evened up this week. Democrats kind of pulled even with Republicans in the so called passion quotient so yeah, i'd say yes you you have seen and and of course, guys, it goes without saying almost that in the aftermath of the last election cycle that's heightened even further
6: well the the reason I really wanted to have you on is because I heard you talking about how California's got the two most expensive. Uh, initiative as they've ever had, but before we get to that, um I hit everybody with this because I think it's the most amazing poll number I've seen this entire cycle. It's an NBC poll from a couple of weeks ago. Eighty percent of Republicans, eighty percent of Democrats, believe that if the other believe the other par- party is out to destroy America, eighty percent of each side believes the other side's out to destroy America. How do you function with that number?
8: Well, Jack, that, that is probably, you know, that's the million-dollar question that gets buried a lot. Because, if, of course, beneath that number, Jack, is the fact that both sides think the other side is prepared to, quote-unquote, steal the election, right?
5: Mm-hmm. I mean,
8: that's that's the problem. You know, it's, well, they're blocking polls. They got armed guys. there are not voting machines. We're going to be having, you know, poll watchers. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. And, of course, that narrative is already... <laughs> That narrative is already getting prepared for 2024. Well, so, the, the,
6: well, the t- problem with that, th- th- you know, it's a race to the bottom. It's a uh, I don't know what, what would be the right metaphor or whatever. But if if you believe the other side is going to destroy the country, you probably should rig the election.
8: <laughs> okay, I I, I want to make sure that was not me saying you should rig the election. I wanna, <laughs> I want wow. to make sure that's clear. Well, no, if you're, no, my, yeah, if you're, you're a hear, historian,
6: I, Michael Bechlaus, and you believe children are going to be executed if the other side wins, you probably should do whatever you can to make sure you win.
8: <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Uh, but I, I, think, I think the important thing, guys, is th- 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 what's, going, what's being put in jeopardy, really, from a governance standpoint is we've always had a date certain. And presidential politics is January 20th, right? We have the inauguration. We're done. We move on. Mm -hmm. Everybody still screams and yells. We're all still upset. But you have a date. When you don't have a date, and if you're going to be continually throwing this into the courts at various levels from SCOTUS on down, that becomes exceptionally problematic just in terms of not only doing our own governance business internally, but externally. When external countries, external forces want to know, okay, on January 21st, we're at least going to know who's going to be running the place over there. You got to have that. You have to have that.
6: Well, do you think the lengthening of the uh, the uh, voting process, I feel like that's hurting our belief in the vote. I I, people with I'll take people with their best intentions and not their worst intentions that just wanted more access for more people. More voting is always good. That idea. So we'll lengthen the hours and the days and make mail in battle. But I feel like it's leading to less belief in the
3: outcome.
8: Well, I think the only thing I like about the the, the biggest, I think, plus to having, you know, longer voting times and you can vote in person or you can do it by mail at all, is that people at least get to choose what they believe to be the most authentic, most reliable means to cast their vote. So, you know, at least people have options. And, you know, apart from that, does it does it increase people's confidence in the process at this juncture? Probably not. No.
4: Well, yeah, and honestly, Gary, you know, I hate to quibble with you because, uh, you know, uh, you're terrific and everything. But you said people choose the, you know, the best, most trustworthy. No, people choose the most convenient way to vote, the easiest way to vote. And to my mind, the stretching out of the period of voting and the many means of voting now have made it as made it much, much more difficult to watch the hen house to ensure the fidelity of the ballot. And I'm I'm for some compromises. It need not just be paper ballots in person on election day. We can we can expand it a bit beyond that. But every step you go, making it longer and longer and more and more means of voting, the less you can assure people the vote is 100 percent valid. We're sure of it.
8: Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Joe. Here's what here's what to me the challenge is, is that there is absolutely, as you know, zero, maybe sub zero standard for what is a reliable means. In other words, in the past. There's a great deal of debate about oh, electronic voting, why we can't have those kind of machines. You've you got to go with people, pencils, paper on Election Day. There's a lot of questions about that now. So the problem is we don't have any kind of an acceptable standard that any you know, two parties can agree on that this is the one we're going to go with. Let's put the other ones aside.
4: Well, that's why we have to appoint a bipartisan commission, give them two years and $50 million, and then have everybody completely ignore the results. That's our only
6: choice. <laughs> hey, we got we got to move on, Gary, just because I don't want to run out of time because I really want to ask about this. I don't know if everybody around the country knows California and some other states, I guess. You probably know how many have these uh, initiative systems, these ballot systems where you kind of in propositions, thi- propositions really, yeah. in theory, it was supposed to. You know, take the big money out of it and just directly let the people decide the big issues. Uh, well, it didn't take the money out of it this time in California. You've got the two most expensive ballot propositions in state history. And what are they?
8: Yeah. Well, they're uh, what a surprise. They're over money. They're over ga- gambling, most notably sports gambling, sports betting. Some states people go, what are you talking about sports betting? We've been doing that for a long time. And, to, and to, the back story is really quick. 2018, SCOTUS said, you can, the states can legalize sports betting. 35 of those including and, and the District of Columbia have done that. But the biggest prize of all, California, why? Because 12% of the population lives there, so does a lot of money reside there, does not currently have legalized sports betting. And, Jack, as you know, that's what this battle is about. Really, it's pitting two sides. In California, you have legal gaming on Indian tribe lands or in casinos owned and operated by Indian tribes. That's Prop 26. They want to now legalize sports betting there. That would have to be in-person. Prop 27, the big competing measure, would allow the big boys, the MGMs, the DraftKings, the FanDuels, blah, 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 to have you know, electronic sports betting on your you know, cell phone, computer, wherever. That's what the battleground is. $400 million. Why would people spend that much? Get this. In 2021, the total handle for sports betting, $57 billion with a B with ab dollars that's why this is going on. Right now the polls just saying you know, the most recent numbers I pulled them up to share them with you guys today. Just got these this morning. They're both going down in flames. 30% yes, 53 no for 26, 20, only 22 yes, 60 I mean yes, that's right, 64 no for Prop 27. So, you know, the ads have been mainly negative, knocking the other guy down, but here's the deal. End with this. If both of these fail, which they look like they're going to, this is not going to be the end of it. They will come back. There already are plans for another round next cycle and the next cycle. This is a knockdown drag out what? to the end to see who's going to win this. A
6: couple of questions about this. One, I'm kind of surprised. So, like, California all of a sudden is, what, fundamentalist about gambling? They don't think it's It's just surprising to me. We're the anything-goes state. Um, and But... Uh, I don't understand it at all because I can gamble on anything anywhere anytime with my phone what's what's allowing it in the state even mean
8: well some I don't know how all the mechanism happened, Jack, but you're not supposed to be able to gamble on your phone within California that's supposed <laughs> to be how it works and by the way everybody's
6: laughing way, here have- in the studio by the way everybody's throwing back their head in laughter at the idea that you can't gamble on your phone in California. <laughs>
8: hey jack by the way hey jack by the way here's the mechanism about what you kind of were wondering pondering why we don't have it yet here the legislature and all its wisdom tried to arbitrate this fight in our legislature and as you guys know almost all these statewide propositions or at least the big dollar ones come about because you can't get a resolution in the legislature they tried a couple years ago couldn't for obvious reasons even though they banged heads together couldn't get people to agree and that's why they're on the ballot
6: Uh, yeah okay The the two most expensive props in California history are this. Interesting. Yeah, very
4: strange and still a little mystifying to me. And I know the tribes uh, write big giant checks, too. They do some aggressive lobbying to keep gambling on their side. But, uh, again, I can bet on every single NFL game next uh, Major League Baseball season, the upcoming golf tournament, and and probably two kids in a foot race at an elementary school on my smartphone right now if I want to. But you're not supposed to, Joe. Well, well, damn.
6: <laughs> Thank you, Gary. I don't know if you've seen this breaking news. There are reports. Uh, people inside Trump's circle say he's going to announce tonight at J.D. Vance's event that he's running for president.
8: Oh, yikes. He's not even waiting till the till the uh, polls are closed. Now. Well, well, no surprise. I pretty much expected it, guys, right after the midterm. He's jumping in, and we, that'll be a discussion for another day because that's going to raise all kinds of new... Uh, shall we say question mark okay
6: i need a yes or no audio biden on the ticket for twenty twenty twenty
8: twenty four? 2024 <laughs> an absolute decided i intend to but of course it's just an intention okay all right. does that name does that sound familiar that's what biden's official line is but guys all the indicators are inside the white house he's going for it oh my god
4: nah stop it's it it's gonna be trump stop biden it. Again, I will wager any figure anybody concocts. If Elon you Musk won't. gets on the, <laughs> if Elon <laughs> Musk texts and said, "Joe, I got a billion dollars," says Biden runs, I would take that action.
6: Well, if and, Joe uh, if Joe if Joe makes that gamble in California, <laughs> I will call the police. So, so if you want some good nonpartisan political
4: analysis, follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Dietrich. Gary, it's always great to talk. Thanks.
8: Okay, guys. Have a good day.
6: You know, I haven't spent any time reading up on this. I'm sure if I if I did, if you did, we'd we'd understand the powers that are fighting over this. But at first blush, it doesn't make any sense. California allows everything. All of a sudden, gambling is too much. Is it to yeah. protect the tribes? Is that I it? Think, yeah, to a large extent. But I, I think the
4: casinos are thinking, all right, we get in, we put the the camel's nose under the tent, and then we we keep gaining. Um, but, uh, let me, I'll, I'll do a little reading to see if I can comprehend
6: it. I'm, you know, if you can gamble and and, and not let it, you know, get out of control, I, I certainly don't care. I mean, I'm not a Puritan on that, but like I was in Nevada, um, over the weekend doing a dirt bike trip and I was at a convenience store and they had a special room full of slot machines and it was separate from the convenience store. You had to go through a glass door to get in there and because it was, uh, Said no one under twenty one, but they were packed in there. There were only ten machines, but all ten. Two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday in this little room that is just machines in a convenience store. People just pulling the lever over and over and over again. What kind of life is that? I'm not, you know I'm a libertarian. You get to do whatever you want. The problem is it's unlikely that those people who are wasting their lives and money are not going to be coming to me, the taxpayer, Uh-oh. when they're old to be able to survive. Yeah, true. If you're willing to sign a contract that says, if I burn through all my money doing something this unwise, I'm not going to ask you for money when I'm old and say, "How can you let old people eat dog food?" When I've been gambling, <laughs> At convenience stores on Saturday afternoons,
4: sitting at the one-armed bandit, smoking my cigarette, squinting one eye as the smoke <laughs> curls up, pulling it over and over. Oh and my again. god, that's and just then a- Obama tells me they've got to have a dignified retirement, so I got to pay higher taxes.
6: God, uh. what a sad look that is. Sad. Anyway, uh, we'll finish strong next.
8: Armstrong and.
3: in a country that follows what happened in Germany uh, in the early 30s. This country is on track to repeat what happened in Germany when it was the greatest democracy going, elected a chancellor who then co-opted the media, and that's what's going on in this country. That is what will lead... To the destruction of this democracy. Yeah, the
6: children's being executed that we were talking about earlier. There was
4: not a single part of that statement by Representative James Clyburn, the number three Democrat in the House. There was not a single section of that that was not incoherent, factually, grammatically, or whatever. That was the ramblings of a crazy lying old man.
6: I think politicians just uh, they, they just instinctively do it in the in the final days before an election. They just go far as you can go, uh, and we have seen it over and over again. Trump may announce tonight, so that's Jonathan no, Swan. No, no, Jonathan Swan reporting with Axios. He's he's following calls and texts that he's witnessed between ours and Trump's circle. He's he's going to be at the Vance JD Vance rally in Ohio if Vance pulls it out trump might uh, might go ahead and announce tonight well that'll be
8: exciting <laughs> 11 score and 17 minutes ago armstrong and getty brought forth upon
3: this nation a new broadcast and now final thoughts
6: here's your host for final thoughts joe getty Hey, let's get a
4: final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo is our technical director. Michael, a final thought for us?
0: No, my only final thought is the stuff I've seen on TV in the last 24 hours about the election. People just say crazy stuff now. Yeah. There is no, they're just making stuff up
4: at this point.
6: Well, When you're starting to talk about children being executed, you can't go any further than that.
4: Well, and are there people out there like, I wasn't going to vote till I heard James Clyburn say that we'll go the way in Nazi Germany. Damn it, I can't (laughs) let that happen. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes
6: producer. Alex, final thought? Hey, unrelated to that, uh, got some sad news to report. Friday is my last day with the Armstrong and Getty Show. I start a new job next week. Uh, A little emotional about it. I'm going to miss all the memories here, but uh, Friday is my last day. Four more final thoughts out of you, then. Only four. no melancholy. Uh, Jack, final thought? So the reporting is that everybody around Trump is wanting him to wait, but he's wanting to go sooner. So I think it's going to be like the end of Iron Man, if you saw Iron Man, where they are working on a way for him to explain away the whole Iron Man thing, and then in front of the crowd, he just couldn't resist saying, I am Iron Man. Trump's Mm. going to be that tonight. He's going to feel that crowd, and they're going to be cheering, and Vance is getting the attention, and he's just going to say... I'm running, and that place is going to go berserk.
4: Finally, something interesting happening in 2022. It's about (laughs) time. Uh, My final thought is I dug into the whole uh, online gambling thing that we were talking to Gary Dietrich about in California. It's it's so obviously the big gambling companies and the big Indian tribes want to get in first, so they own sports gambling in California. It's just... I don't know. The system's so broken. You got to get rid of the prop system in California.
6: Too much democracy. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling 4-hour workday. So many people, thanks so a little time, go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got some great clicks for you. Give
4: generously to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station doing miraculous work for our fighting men and women when they need it most. It's a wonderful cause. Please support it again. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow, election
6: day. God bless America.
0: Armstrong and Getty. They're loco. They're locking up my toothpaste. It's 100 on the crazy meter. They're supercharging the worst parts of ourselves.
6: Whoa. whoa. Aww.
0: whoa. Okay. No! That was f***ing awesome. It's outrageous. And so grotesque. I expected more.
7: I don't think people um, are able to really grasp that. I don't give two craps.
4: Okay. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.